And I've seen way too much ungodliness and too much human logic over the course of the years in which I've been in the ministry of just in what I've described to you tonight. What kind of preacher doesn't have to have a certain color hair or have a certain color skin? He doesn't have to be from a certain location. He doesn't have to have exactly the education and experience that you think he ought to have or exactly the number of children that you think he ought to have. He doesn't have to be that age. He doesn't have to be that description. He just has to be, first and foremost, a saved, born-again, God-called man. And if God can get lost people and missionaries and soul winners together, God can get churches and prospective candidating pastors together. God can do that. Paul is speaking about the differences between what the Corinthians were listening to and what they should have been heeding, what they should have been listening to. Bottom line is found in verse number 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Sadly, across this country, there are, and I'm putting quotes around the word ministries, there are ministries that make converts, but they are converts of man, not converts of God. They're converts of man because by charisma or personality or, or by uh, style, the individual has been drawn to something, but it hasn't been by the power of God, hasn't been by the Spirit of God, it hasn't been by God's means, and it hasn't been for God's glory. What I'm talking about is a faith that will not, cannot stand. I'm a third generation Baptist preacher. I've seen a lot of things. I was raised in a preacher's home. I've known many pastors, evangelists, and missionaries in my life. Uh, most of the famous independent Baptists of the last half century I have had the privilege of knowing. And the greatness of a preacher is not determined by the size of his church, the size of his popularity. The greatness of a preacher is determined by his yieldedness to the Word of God, by his willingness to be whatever God wants him to be, wherever God wants him to be that, to do whatever God wants him to do. That is the greatness of a man of God. And that man of God may preach to 5, 6, 10, 20, 30 people. He won't necessarily ever have a mega church. doesn't have to. What really it comes down to is Bible preaching, Bible teaching. The division that was experienced in the church at Corinth was experienced because they didn't have sound preaching. They were divided over certain preachers because each preacher to them represented a certain aspect of preaching that they were following. But they were following as humans would follow instead of as the Lord would have us to follow. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. That's it. It's Jesus Christ working through me that should cause people to be attracted to the truth. It's Jesus Christ having his way. Now that's not going to change the way I talk necessarily. It'll, it'll affect and impact uh, perhaps control, but it, it, won't, it won't change the fact of who I am, where I'm from, how I was brought up, how I was trained. That's going to remain the same.
But God can use anybody from anywhere, from any background, under any circumstances that He so chooses. The faith that stands is faith that is grounded in the power of Almighty God. What about your faith today? Sound preaching cannot be simply eloquent. And if you've been brought up on eloquent preaching alone, it will show in the crises of your life. When you're going through problems and difficulties, all the eloquence in the world is not going to bail you out. You need God. You need to be able to get right there, up close and personal with God Himself. You need God working in your life. You need to be able to say, Lord, I've been walking with you all these years. That little preacher of ours may not always say it exactly uh, the, the most precise way, but what he is saying is absolutely true. And uh, Lord, I'm going to walk the way I've been taught. I'm going to walk according to the Word of God because it's true. It's not eloquence. Great preaching doesn't have to be eloquent. Great preaching has but one theme. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ crucified. Buried. Risen again. Alive forevermore working in and through His people for His glory. That's great preaching. Folks need to come to maturity. We come to maturity not by loading up our brain. We come to maturity by loading up our heart and our life, our experience with the Lord Jesus Christ and the truth that He represents. It's not eloquence. It's not human wisdom or philosophy. Sound preaching is illustrated by the testimony of God Himself. And we have those illustrations given to us time and time again. It's not simply that Jesus Christ is our model. He's our Savior. Jesus Christ was not simply a, a great man. He is the God-man. Jesus Christ is not the martyr. He is the Redeemer, the Savior of mankind. Jesus Christ is our theme. Jesus Christ is the center, what is central in our preaching. Jesus Christ. And He, he is alone the center of our preaching. When Paul said that the gospel was to the Jew first and also to the Greek, he was acknowledging the fact that people have different backgrounds. They have different needs. They're all, they're all lost sinners in need of a Savior, but they have a different perception, a different way of thinking. They're wired differently. And because of that, for that reason, we need to become all things to all men that we might by all means save some. God wants us to be flexible. He wants to be able to use us. And so even though I may have been trained in a certain background and I may come from a certain cultural uh, view, I understand that I'm going to run into people that are totally the opposite or different from me. And I need to be flexible so that God can use me. If you've been around me very long, you know that I can carry on a conversation with just about anybody. Now, I know when I'm in over my head and I know when, when to perk an individual's interest and then say, well, tell me about your own, you know, about that aspect of your job and let them talk about themselves. And if you can get people talking about themselves, you won't have to worry about 
them realizing just how ignorant we are in certain areas of our life. But it is good for everybody to know a little bit, a little something about everything. So that when you run into a person from a different background, you can carry on a conversation and steer it towards the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody has a need. Everybody has a soft spot. Everybody has a weakness. You say, oh, no, I've, I've met some very hard, aggressive, hard-headed, hard-nosed kind of folks, and they were just motivated, and there was nothing soft about them. I beg to differ with you. I have never met another human being who was truly human that didn't have a soft spot, that was not vulnerable in some way. Now, it may take a while to discover what that is, but when you do, that's what you go straight for. And, and you present Jesus Christ as the answer. And that's how we reach all kinds of people with the gospel. Before Dr. Hancock went home to be with God, he urged me earnestly to write a book. And I said, no, Doc, I help other people write books. I don't write books. I read a lot of books. I've helped others write books. But I haven't and don't plan to write books. We'll see if God changes that. But he wanted me to write a book on how to win all kinds of people, different kinds of people, different folks with different backgrounds to Jesus Christ because of our experience over the last five decades. And, uh, and I have to say this, if you're going to major in anything, major in the ability to be able to engage all kinds of different people in a conversation so that whether they are from your background or not, you can make them feel comfortable inside their own skin, inside their own job, inside their own, you know, their own life, inside wherever they are, so that you can engage them in a conversation, find their, their vulnerable, their weak point, and present Jesus Christ. Jesus is the answer. How many of you understand what I'm saying tonight? How many of you believe that? Yes, that's the way to go at it. If, if you think... It's only going to happen by one script that you learn, and you're going to do that script over and over. Let me tell you, you're probably not, not very good at selling door-to-door -door anything. And uh, you're sure not going to present Jesus Christ if you're, if you're hung up on a memorized presentation, but rather if you'll just allow the Lord to take control of you and speak through you. The preacher, the teacher, the soul winner, uh, the person who wants to serve Jesus Christ is somebody who is yielded and submissive and uh, God can take them and use them. The unlikely person. I have seen in these vacant pulpits, I have seen unlikely pastors become the pastor of a church that nobody ever would have thought they would be a pastor of and do a wonderful job for God simply because of what I've just said. They are yielded. They are submissive to what the Lord would have them to be. Jesus Christ needs to ever be our theme. He is the one. He's the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Paul said in the 15th chapter to the Corinthians, he said, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and how he was, uh, uh, how he was buried, and how he rose again third day according to the Scriptures. All those things that Paul had to say about Jesus Christ would reach the vulnerable, the tender point inside of people who know that what they're doing right now isn't working. 
The direction they're headed isn't going to get them where they need to go. The attempts that they're making will but fail. They need, they need God. They need God in their life. They need God to help them. That's it. The wisdom of man's words. The wisdom of eloquent philosophical pronouncements will not give anybody hope. And that's what we desire to give. When we counsel, we want people to walk out of the room first session with hope and basing it in the Word of God and in Jesus Christ. We want people to have something to stand on, something that is solid, something that uh, is real, something that's substantive. That's it. Words won't do it. Words, cheap words, will not hold people's lives up. Talk is cheap. People can talk, 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 talk. The walk makes the difference. And so what I'm talking about, not the wisdom of man's words, but, but the power of God's word. The power of God's word having transformed us from the inside out. And now we have the testimonies, the illustrations. We let the light in. It helps people's understanding. They can make an application to their own great need, whatever it may be, whatever they believe that might be. And it always comes back to this. Jesus Christ came into this world to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to save sinners of whom I am chief. He came to redeem us. He came to pay the price, the penalty of our sin that we might be changed from the inside out. That's it. That's sound preaching. Never get too far from the cross, I was told. Never get away from the passion of Jesus Christ. Never get away from redemption. Never get away from forgiveness. Never get away from the love of God. I know things are waxing worse and problems have arisen and there are horrible, horrible difficulties before us and challenges before mankind, but none of them are bigger than Jesus Christ. And the great need that people have is to come to know Him. They need to understand that He is the only way. He is the only truth. He is the only life. Paul's personal persona was not impressive. He didn't come with impressive words. He didn't come with a charisma. He didn't come with a, a, a very uh, handsome uh, outward appearance and uh, demeanor that would uh, draw attention to himself. Oh no, he might have been everything that's just the opposite of what I described. And yet, he had something going for him. He had a dedicated heart. He allowed himself to be used. What education and background and culture he had, he allowed to be used by the Spirit of God to reach people. He would go into a town, he would start out by uh, finding some other Jews. They would have that in common. He would speak in their synagogue where there's some Q&A going back and forth. He would get some interested folks and prospects. He would lead to uh, Christ and Christ would become their Messiah, and then eventually the rest of the Jews would get upset and kick him out, and he'd go out into the street with his new convert Jews, and he'd find some Gentiles, and he would preach how that Jesus Christ is greater than the wisdom of man, and uh, they would come to God through Christ and be saved, and then he would have Jews and Gentiles together. And that's the great mystery that he discusses later on in the book. Paul had one burning desire to make Christ known. 
to make Christ better understood and known and believed upon and trusted in. That was his desire. He wasn't trying to make Paul look good or look better. His desire was to come in the weakness of his flesh and allow the strength of God to work through him in spite of his weakness. His inadequacy, his unworthiness was not to be highlighted but was to be the very basis by which God would take charge, intervene, and make all the difference in saving souls and turning their lives around for the glory of God. He didn't come with enticing or persuasive uh, arguments. He came rather in the power of the Holy Spirit to convict, to convince, and to convert. To convict, to convince, and to convert. That's what God wants to do today. He wants to convict folks of their sin, of their need. He wants to convince them that religion is not enough. They need a relationship with God through Christ. He wants to convert them by the power of God into a, this new way and walk as God has provided uh, through Jesus Christ in that new way, in that new path. Sound preaching always leads to transformative faith. Belief in the one and only way to God, Jesus Christ. Sound preaching always draws the net. Sound preaching always makes it the priority. Sound preaching isn't through until Jesus is laid open before a lost and dying world and they realize there's nowhere else to go but to Jesus Christ. That's their opportunity. If they walk out, they walk out by their own decision, but it's been made absolutely perfectly clear. It's not what we do or Jesus Christ plus something that we do, but rather it's Jesus Christ and Him alone. Any discussion at the gate of heaven as to why we ought to be there that begins with, I did this, I believed this, I did this, I accomplished this, is the wrong conversation. The right conversation begins with this. God did this for me. Jesus Christ did this for me. That's the right conversation at the gate of heaven. When we stand there, it's not a quiz that gets us in. It's the finished work of Jesus Christ. It's that we have applied the blood. We have experienced the new birth. We've been raised from death to walk in newness of life. We're no longer the same. The same Jesus that changed, transformed the apostles into those great firebrands for the truth is the same one who wants to transform you from the inside out. Let's pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. And how many of you tonight would say, Preacher, something in the message spoke to my heart. Slip your hand up high. Something spoke to my heart. Amen. Amen. What are we going to do about it? Are we going to allow the Lord to have His way? Let's, uh, let's do that tonight when the invitation is given. Before we offer that invitation, if you do not know for a fact that you have been saved the Bible way for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want you to pray from your heart to God right now. Say, Lord Jesus, come in my heart and save me right now. Take away my sins and take me to heaven when I die. If you prayed that prayer and meant it, slip your hand up.